You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast. It is episode 162 here on Rocket Sports Radio, where we keep you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Chris G, and I'll be your host uh, today. We are Saturday, November 5th, 2021. And I'm pleased to be joined in studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. Thanks, Chris. Uh, glad to have you back in the chair um, on uh, this. I, I think the 6th of November, but, but what's a day between friends? I mean, <laughs> that's <You're> okay. Right. <laughs> um, and it's a 6th. I know it's a 6th because, well, yesterday was, was uh, a day for me, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, it's daylight savings, while well, daylight savings time ends today. So no matter what happens in the game tonight, uh, the Canadians facing the Vegas Golden Knights, we are going to have an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, so be either an extra hour of celebrating or an extra hour of being upset well, of, of tonight's results. <laughs> yeah, and, and since COVID, the, the, the time has been flying by. So yeah, we're Saturday, November 6th. So thanks for picking that up, Rick. <laughs> uh, coming up in today's uh, podcast, today's podcast is going to be even nicer than Connor McDavid's goal last night. Uh, it, it was a beauty, but nothing compared to what today's show will be. Uh, a lot of roster moves for uh, the Montreal uh, Canadiens, so we'll, we'll tackle those in a couple of minutes. Uh, prospect report. Uh, we're going to take a look at some demographics around the NHL that was uh, posted earlier this week as well. And in our big topic segment, we're going to talk about what's the plan now for this season when it comes to the the key uh, prospects of the uh, organization. Because, you know, let's face it, I don't know if we need to put up like the, the breaking news uh, music right now, but the Canadians, they're not making the playoffs this year. They're... When I checked earlier this morning, I think uh, sports clubs stats had them like at uh, 2%, 2.8. So it's... Um, it's not happening. All right, let's take a look at 
yeah, a quick recap of the game since last episode of the Canadian Connection podcast. And remember, you can check out for comprehensive previews and post-game reviews for every single Canadians game at allhabs.net. So last weekend, the Canadians concluded their road trip out west. On Saturday, the Canadians had a one nothing lead after 20 minutes of play before they allowed five consecutive goals, three of them on the power play, to the LA Kings as the Kings went on to win 5-2. to Josh Anderson and Ben Sharat scored for the Canadians. Former Canadian Phil Dano picked up one assist uh, on the power play goal. And after the game, Mark Bergevin addressed the players before the players had their own player-only meeting. So the post-game meetings didn't result in a win the following afternoon on Sunday as the Ducks came on top 4-2 to over the Montreal Canadiens. The Habs came back from two one-goal leads, but that wasn't enough. Mike Hoffman and Jake Evans were the goal scorers. A better effort for the Canadians, but not enough once again. On Tuesday, the Canadians began a five-game homestand with a 3-0 win against the Red Wings. And while Montreal dominated the entire 60 minutes of this game. After the game, the players, uh, Charm, they all said that this was a team's best game of the season. They even called it a uh, a blueprint game. That they know how to f- what the style of play, their identity to play going forward. And in that in the game against the Red Wings, uh, Nick Suzuki, Josh Anderson, and Brendan Gallagher, uh, Gallagher's goal was into an empty net where the goal scorers for the Canadians. And then on Thursday. The Canadians weren't able to follow up on Tuesday's performance as the Islanders came to town and they easily took the two points available for the standings with a 6-2 win. Players and coach, they said that the score didn't indicate the, the way that the game was played. You know, maybe in the first period it was close, but there was a total collapse in the second period when the Canadians allowed four even strengths goals. And, well, Habs scored uh, two goals in what they call garbage time. So those goals were scored by Nick Suzuki and uh, Tyler Toffoli in a a 6-2 loss. So that brings Rick the Canadiens' records to 3-9 through 12 games. And on the ice, it's not looking pretty for the Canadiens. No, not at all. And uh, maybe maybe the score didn't reflect... Uh, Thursday night's game, uh, it, it probably uh, flattered the Canadians because it, it was uh, it was it was not close, especially as you said uh, in the last forty minutes. Canadians a couple of goals in the last five minutes to kind of make it a little bit prettier. Um, you know, I, I mentioned kind of like putting lipstick on a pig in in the game recap. Um, so it wasn't a, a, a total washout. Uh, somehow that game they they lost the blueprint that was printed from the Detroit game, um, and and even in that Detroit game, uh, that was the second time the the Canadians have beat the Red Wings this year. The other game they won was against the Sharks, and uh, you know those two teams aren't going to be making the playoffs either. Uh, and I just I thought uh, in that uh, the game against the Red Wings that that the Red Wings just folded. Um, in the last 40 minutes, the uh, Detroit had just one high-danger scoring chance, a quiet night for Jake Evans or for Jake Allen, um, and uh, and if the, if that's what the Canadians need the opposition to do in order to uh, 
win a game and print their blueprint. Uh, it's not going to, it's not going to work that way very often this season. So I, I, I you know, a tough week and, um, but it's, it's, it's a homestand. And, and uh, the issue I think is that, that the Canadians have had a pretty easy schedule to start. They've been facing a lot of teams that aren't projected to make the playoffs. And, and I think the schedule uh, gets a little tougher from here. And, and the good news for the Canadians are that they're facing Detroit uh, next Saturday. So like from a week from uh, from now that they're facing the Red Wings again, this time in Detroit. So maybe another win coming up at that time. But at the same time, even if you look at tonight's game against the the, the Vegas, uh, the Golden Knights, I think it's a it's a beatable team, Vegas, right now. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of injuries up them. So it's it's I think they're beatable. The... Um, the bad thing is, is so is Montreal. Montreal's beatable as well right now. So we'll see what kind of emotion that Vegas gets from uh, the big trade that happened this week. That uh, that finally happened this week with Jack Eichel uh, being acquired won't won't be in the lineup for quite some time. But just whether they'll receive an emotional lift from that. Yeah, and from Canadians, like, are they going to get a bounce back game? Like, try to. Uh, come back from that 6-2 loss on uh, Thursday against the Islanders. All right, let's move on now to some uh, roster news. There was plenty of them this week for the Montreal Canadiens, and the biggest one was, well, Cole Caulfield. He was assigned to the Laval Rocket on uh, on Monday. Cole Caulfield had collected one assist through, uh, through 10 games, had a difficult start of uh, season, and, well, he was... Uh, the last what is it five six games whatever it was he was playing with um, with Machu Picchu in, in as a center so how many goals can you expect to get him? But anyways, regardless, uh, Ducharme said that uh, he met with Caulfield that morning and he understood the the rationale uh, and the decision that uh, ended up that they took to send him to Laval. It was to for him to get a lot of ice time, feel the puck on his stick to help him regain his uh, his uh, confidence. And the weird thing is, Laval hasn't played since, so he's gotten the puck a lot in the stick during um, during uh, practice. And while well, with the Rocket, at least it's Cole Caulfield is supposed to play with uh, Rafael Harvey Pinard and uh, Ryan Paling on uh, on that line. So, so Rick, how how surprised were you when you when you heard about that news on uh, Monday? I wasn't surprised. Uh, Pierre LeBrun had kind of uh, forecasted it uh, earlier, and and Pierre LeBrun we know pretty close to Mark Bergevin, um, and so it wasn't a surprise. I don't know if it was uh, the best move, and maybe we'll talk more about that uh, later. Uh, but, uh, I, I guess the, the reason, you know, to, to, um, to pick up his confidence, Cole Caulfield's not a guy that, uh, that lacks confidence at any time, even, even when he's going through a bit of a rough patch. So, uh, the reasoning was curious. Uh, we'll see what, as you said, he'll get to play with, uh, a couple of great, of, of, of the better players, more skilled players, uh, on the rocket, Although we remember um, he was he was a bit targeted last time uh, he was in the AHL, uh, Rich Clune went after him, uh, Marley's and and uh, so we'll see if if that puts Baddock on the other side to, to take care of things for a shift or two. 
Um, Cole Caulfield, uh, unfortunate the way it worked out when he went down, as you said, there weren't games for him to play in. So he gets that on his mind a little bit longer uh, that he's uh, in the AHL now. And unfortunately, when, the day after he arrived was the team picture. picture um, day, yeah. So he is a part of the Laval Rocket team uh, picture for the season. And um, his his he's usually a pretty smiley guy, but my goodness, he <laughs> wasn't smiley on, on that day. And one player that, that was missing from the Laval Rocket team photo day was, well, Michael Pizzetta, because he was recalled from the Laval Rocket to uh, to join the March Hockey Aids to, to replace Cole Caulfield and score all sorts of goals. No, no, just his roster spot <laughs> that uh, Pizzetta was uh, taking Cole Caulfield's slot. Uh, with Laval so far, uh, Pizzetta had collected three goals, three assists in uh, eight games and was getting plenty of time as well on uh, special teams on the power play and the, the penalty kill. And he seemed, at least to start the season, getting more responsibilities than he was getting in previous years under uh, Joel Broussard. Last season, Pizzetta played only 10 games, 20, sorry, 20 games out of the 36. So he was kind of in and out of the lineup, especially at the, um, at the start of the season. Uh, well, his role, well, I'm assuming the role that the Canadians were looking for for Pizzetta was an energy player. You know, somebody who could come in, deliver a couple of hits, try to uh, spark up something from his uh, from his teammates. And I guess in Pizzetta's role, the good thing, well, the good thing, the positive for Pizzetta is that he can be effective even if he doesn't touch the puck, like, at all during the game. And during RDS's broadcast, in the, against the Detroit game, I believe it was after, right before the start of the third period. Mark Dini said that uh, Michael Pizzetta had touched the puck for 15 seconds <laughs> through uh, through 40 minutes of play. But that night against the Wings, you know, Pizzetta led the team with five hits, and and you kept seeing the Detroit Red Wings players like after Pizzetta would finish his body check, they would either like tap him with it with the stick. And at one point we saw he was asked to uh, drop the gloves, which he, he didn't, which I feel that means that he did his job, Pizzetta, which was getting under the opponent's skin and creating that energy. And against the New York Islanders, he played nine minutes and uh, he took three shots on goal and also delivered uh, three number of hits. But, you know, it's a, it's a good story for Pizzetta. It, uh, you know, spent his time in the AHL, uh, worked hard and well at least Rick I think through two games in the NHL so far he's done uh, his his job what his role should be yeah I think so too um, what a thrill for him and speaking of smiles he was he's been all smiles uh, and and just soaking up this whole opportunity um, is he is he going to stay with the Canadians likely not but but this is a, a you know what an opportunity for him and uh, the the concern would be that he would, uh, you know, um, make a bad defensive read, uh, turn over the puck, uh, or be undisciplined, uh, w- which he has been in in Laval at times. Um, but he, he hasn't done any of that, and now it's a, a pretty short sample. Uh, and uh, as you said, he's playing just under nine minutes a game. So uh, in that time, for those two games, he's been able to be disciplined, and he's, um, I, I liked, I think you, in total you said 
Um, he has delivered eight hits in those uh, two games. Uh, if you look at the hits per 60, um, it's 27 hits per 60 minutes. Now, he's not going to be in the lineup that long, but his his hit rate <laughs> is tremendous. And, and that's what he's, as you said, that's what he's there for, to bring energy, to bring physicality, uh, to get under the opponent's skin. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's a good news story. It's a distraction for the Canadians who are, uh, you know, having a rough time. Um, and uh, the fans will enjoy it, and he'll enjoy it, and then he'll, uh, he'll head back down to, to Laval. And another another roster news, uh, Matthias Norinder, he started practicing with the team for the first time on Monday. And then, well, it was announced on uh, later in the week on Friday that he was assigned to the Laval Rocket for a conditioning stint after recovering from the injury that he suffered at, um, at training camp. So we're going to expect him. He's, he's, he's going to, he should, well, he will, sorry, he will play this weekend. <laughs> With uh, the Laval Rockets in their in their two games, and then Laval plays three games at home. So assuming that he'll get at least the Wednesday night game in there, and it also gives time for the team to make a, a decision on uh, Matthias uh, Norinder because he he either has to play in the NHL or he has to go back uh, to Europe for his uh, his season. But it's still good news, Rick, that uh, he's back on the ice and he'll get to play a couple of games. Yeah, he was on the what's called the season-opening injured reserve uh, because he was he was injured uh, during the preseason. Uh, just uh, taking us back to the start of the preseason, there was all the buzz uh, was about Matthias Norlander. Um, and and we have to to be honest, say that that Caden Gooley outplayed him. Um, and drew more attention as camp went on. Um, Matthias Orlander, Norlander struggled uh, to a certain extent. He had, had some uh, good moments. We, he moved the puck very well, but had some defensive lapses and, and, uh, and, and was certainly, he had trouble, and he said he had some difficulty with the, the size and strength of, of players. Um, but here we are. Uh, he's recovered from the injury. Um, he doesn't require waivers to go to Laval, but as you said, uh, the choice will not be for him to play in Laval this, this season. Um, and so he is just right now, uh, uh, sent there, uh, on a conditioning stint, um, after, uh, after he has recovered from that injury and, and, uh, we'll see what he looks like, uh, in those games in the AHL. And another roster, Canadian's roster news, uh, Cedric Paquette will return to the lineup tonight against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, after serving a two-game suspension for uh, boarding uh, Trevor Zegras last Sunday in uh, in Anaheim. I hit along the, along the boards and while well, the Department of uh, Player Safety uh, decided that Paquette had to set out two games for that hit. And Rick, I think it was... Um, it was a fair suspension against the Canadiens forward. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, people complained or, or were, were slowing it down and saying, well, Zegers turned and, and that sort of made himself more vulnerable. But uh, it was a dangerous hit, and, and Paquette took a long way to get there. It, it, was char- it could have been charging. It was, it was called boarding. Uh, but uh, I think it was a, a fair suspension. It was a dangerous hit. 
And it was a tough week for Zegers as well because uh, when was it? A couple of days ago, PK Subban Easy. got fined for, was it for tripping? I think Zegers yeah. or something. Fifteen thousand dollars, yeah. Yeah, so a tough week for for Zegers. And well, you know when Cedric Paquet uh, was away for suspension, Alex Belzil uh, got recalled and uh, took a spot on the, the fourth line for a pair of games. But we'll see what happens with the lineup tonight. It all depends on Brendan Gallagher and Nick Suzuki and uh, Jonathan Jouin. So Brendan Gallagher and Nick Suzuki took a therapy day on Friday. And uh, Sharm said on Saturday that there'll be game time decision for the game against the uh, Vegas Knights. And Jonathan Jouin, well, on uh, the game against the Detroit Red Wings... On Tuesday, Joanne was actually playing at center. We're all excited to see, well, a lot of us were excited to see Joanne play center uh, be, with uh, Hoffman and Anderson to his wings. And then on his third shift of that game, Brett Kulak took a shot and hit Joanne uh, on the side of the, on the face. And it, it led to Joanne going to the hospital to get checked out, but it was confirmed that he suffered no concussion. But uh, they want to be... Uh, Preventive, preventive care. They want to make sure he's 100% before he returns into the lineup, and he's not uh, in there uh, playing tonight against the, the Golden Knights. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And, and as you said, game time decisions for all three of those uh, players. We won't know what what uh, will happen until the, we see them in the warmups, um, and uh, and that's that's why you know uh, players like Alex Belzeal are still up. Um, in case they need to uh, be pressed into action tonight. And, and the last news that, uh, in terms of uh, injury updates, we have uh, Joel Edmondson, who who skated on his own on uh, Saturday. Earlier in the week, Dominic, Dominic Ducharme said that he suffered a setback. So it's who knows. Like I don't want to give a time frame anymore, Rick, because every time I, I've been on the on the show and I've mentioned the time frame, it's always changed and I feel like I'll be lying. So I'm not going to say when he's coming back. We don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's my final answer. He skated. He'll be back at some point. That's my, <laughs> that's, where, that's where I'm staying on that one. Well, and, and it's reasonable to do that because we don't know what's wrong with him. It's an unspecified injury. Um, and even, um, you know, during the preseason, he, he, uh, would have some progress, uh, and, and, uh, be feeling better and then he'd have a setback. Um, so, you know, there was going to be an evaluation. He, he skated after the practice or after the game day skate today on his own. Uh, there was going to be an evaluation of, of, uh, what are the options? Um, you know, should we, um, Ducharme said, kind of question should we be taking a different approach with uh his treatment or therapy and and uh that will be decided uh because this has lingered on uh much longer than anybody uh had uh had thought in um in the good news category there hasn't been much good news for the canadians since the start of the season well actually i should say since the, the end of the Stanley cup final over the summer but uh carrie price is slated to join the Canadians on Monday after completing his voluntary stay with the player assistance program. He'll meet with a therapist so they can evaluate, you know, where he is when in terms of his conditioning, his uh, recovering from his, the surgery that he had during the off season and make a plan for his return. 
So we could be talking a couple of weeks before we even see him play a game. And the coach to Sharm said that it may even include uh, a stint in a conditioning stint in Laval, just like he did last year with uh, Brendan Gallagher for that one game. And it was also announced that Carey Price will not be speaking to the media until the physicians deem it's appropriate. So, so it's good news, Rick. I'll be honest; I'm a little bit surprised that it, it seems that it's only going to be 30 days that Price is out. But that being said, I'm I'm happy if he feels that he's ready to start his prepare preparation to come back. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's it. it I'm of two minds with it. First, I want I want Carey Price to be um, to have taken all the time he needs uh, to deal with um, what uh, what is bothering him. Uh, we've seen all kinds of speculation over uh, the, the past few over the past month and and particularly the last few days. Um, and the only thing I'll say is I'll remind. Uh, everyone of Stefan Waits, a former Canadians goaltending coach, Stefan Waits, who was in touch with uh, Kerry just before he went into uh, the program. Um, and uh, Stefan Waits, to quote him, uh, it's his situation has nothing to do with drugs, alcohol, gambling, or drug addiction. Um, so that's all I'll say on that. Uh, the Canadians haven't had any kind of communication. It's it's uh, when you're in that uh, player player assistance program, uh, there's no communication between the player and the team, so they don't know, uh, you know, his his knee surgery if if he's uh, been able to 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 be working on that, um, and if he's feeling recovered from that. Uh, so all of that uh, they're going to sit down and and go through with the athletic therapists. Uh, once he arrives uh, back with the Canadians on Monday uh, and develop a plan. Um, you know, if, if more um, rehabbing needs to be done, uh, if he needs to, to do some work with Eric Raymond, uh, if he needs to, um, you know, uh, as you said, go down to uh, Laval. So uh, I, I think they're wise to keep the time frame rather open on this. Um, I know that there's... There's lots of fans that want to rush Carey Price back, that he's going to be the savior for this season. And, and um, you know, we've seen that in the past where where Carey Price has covered up the, uh, you know, a lot of the warts of, of the team and kind of uh, made it made it a, a 500 team again when it really didn't deserve to be. And, and uh, um, I, I don't think that's what any of us um we, we, we certainly we want to see the Canadians win games, but we want to see Carey Price uh, um, back to full health, whatever that means. Um, you know, whether he's able to be available for the Olympics or not, I don't think that's. Uh, if he is fabulous, if if not, that's fine too. Um, I I don't think I don't think this. We've heard lots of of stories uh, even recently about the Canadians rushing back players. Uh, I don't think this is a situation you want to do that. I'm really curious because I know the uh, Charm said that he hasn't uh, he hasn't had a chance. Like Price doesn't have much outside the connection with outside of the program. I'm wondering, does even Price have an idea? Well, like while he was in those 30 days, did he have access? Did he know what was going on with the Canadians? And curious to find out how he how he feels about this whole season. And if I'm wondering if that adds any more pressure to him as well to come back. 
And the only thing I'll add to this is um, Jack Todd <laughs> is up to his usual Jack Todd thing and uh, kind of this morning blaming Carey Price for the Habs' terrible start to the season. If you're reading uh, Jack Todd, you probably <laughs> won't like our podcast because uh, he's a bit off the wall and, and uh yeah, it, let, let's not uh, let's not blame Carey Price for uh, the 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 struggles. I, I think uh, without Carey Price and Shea Weber, we're seeing uh, what the the roster is capable of, and and that's fine. Um, and uh, and we and we don't want Carey Price to feel the burden, uh, certainly that he felt in the playoffs where he carried he and Shea Weber carried uh, the team to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the team's two best players were missing, so it's uh, it's no surprise, I think, where the Canadians are, where they are, where they are right now. All right, let's move on now, Rick, and talk about the Canadians' prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Since the last episode of the Canadians Connection podcast, well, the Rocket only played one game, and it was last Saturday. It was a 6-5 victory in overtime at uh, Place Bell, a high-scoring affair. And that game was highlighted by Jesse Ilonen. He scored his first two goals of uh, the season. That yeah, game, he was shut out uh, leading up to that game. Had a lot of chances in previous games, but at least on Saturday against Rochester, the puck finally went to, in uh, to the back of the net. And this weekend, the Rocket playing uh, on Saturday against Syracuse, that's today, and then uh, tomorrow in Utica, and then the Rocket are back at home for three games this coming week at uh, at Place Bell. And make sure that uh, you go to AHL.Report to see the coverage uh, for all home games. Uh, Chris is in the press box uh, in Laval, Place Bell, uh, Amy Johnson also um, uh, on the coverage, uh, preparing game recaps and and uh, tweeting from AHL report um, and uh, from at the AHL report on Twitter, I should say. Um, so lots of great uh, coverage uh, there of the Canadians AHL affiliate. Make sure uh, you're following um, Chris and and Amy and uh, the AHL report. And yesterday I had the opportunity to watch the the, the Trois-Rivières Lions playing the ECHL. They're playing against the Reading Royals, the uh, Flyers ECHL affiliate. Well, the Royals came up victorious 4-3. to three. The game was played at uh, Colisée Vidéotron. Uh, Trois-Rivières closed a two-goal deficit at the end of the second period. But then the same recurring issues for the Lions that have happened since the start of the season while well, they creeped up in this game which is discipline, like they, they, they take a lot of penalties, like similar to the Rocket, the Rocket take a lot of penalties as well, but so do the, uh, the, the Lions. I guess a silver lining out of that is that the Lions' penalty kill has been perfect since the start of the season. They haven't allowed 9-1 power play goal, but at one point that's going to come back and bite them if it continues that way. And then on the other hand, their power play isn't working. They've only scored one power play goal through uh, through the first five games of the season. So the Lions have a one and four record to uh, to start the year, and they're still looking for their first win at uh, home. And 
They're they're playing uh, this afternoon against the uh, Reading Royals once again at uh, 3 p.m. at the Colisée Vidéotron for the um, for the Trois Rivières Lions. Rick, why don't you talk to us about the Press Zone Montreal podcast? Press Zone Montreal podcast. That's where you're going to find all your uh, news about Canadians' prospects. Um, the Presso Montreal uh, focuses on on prospects, no matter where they are, whether those in the NHL, those in the AHL, uh, those in NCAA hockey or, or CHL hockey. And, and uh, so be sure that you're subscribed to uh, the Presso Montreal. And, and uh, every two weeks, bi-weekly, we are joined by... Uh, I call him the the AHL guru. He is uh, Patrick Williams, and uh, Patrick joined us last week to talk about uh, the different th- issues that uh, uh, are are starting to uh, emerge in the AHL, and and uh, went through some hot or not kind of uh, players, uh, those who are on a tear and those who are are uh, still waiting to get their season started. So you want to make sure to. Uh, to uh, go to uh, on any of your your podcast uh, applications, uh, the Press Zone Montreal, and subscribe. In in other news now, like uh, this week, the the Athletics they posted uh, demographics around the NHL. It's a it's a column that's published annually by the Athletic, where what they do is they stack up the Canadian, well, sorry, they stack up all the teams, I should say, in the league when it comes to some of the biographical uh, data. And, well, let's take a look at some of the categories that they, that, they, that they published. And this is with players as of November 1st. So in terms of age, the NHL average is at 27.6 years old. The Canadians are at 27.8, which puts them 15th in the, uh, the NHL. In terms of height, the league average, Rick, is 73.2 inches. And while the Canadians, they're the second shortest at 72.4. I don't think that would surprise many fans. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets, the tallest team in the league, uh, the Canadians are near, as you said, second shortest. Only the Buffalo Sabres have a smaller team, but... uh, uh, the Canadians uh, well down on that list. Uh, when it comes to weight, so the league average is at 198.8. The Canadians are the 13th lightest at uh, 197.3 pounds. So that's pretty much in the, in the average. And obviously this doesn't count players like Carey Price, like Shea Weber. It's whoever was uh, who had played at least a game on November 1st. And then they also checked the... The, the the average draft position, and this one there's a quite a discrepancy. Rick, the league average is 60th, and the Canadians they're worst in the league at 85.5. So why don't you tell us what uh, what that means? Well, this is uh, it can mean a couple of things, and and um, it, it's different than the height, weight, age, those biographical, as you said, uh, data. This is the average draft position of the players who are in the lineup. And you'd expect um, expect maybe players like Detroit to be at the top where they have lots of, of uh, you know, first-round draft picks and because and, uh, they have a, a young team. 
Um, and maybe for other teams uh, who are developing their, their first-round picks in the, in the minors, uh, they won't appear. But for the Canadians to be absolutely on the bottom, last in the NHL uh, with respect to uh, the draft position, um, that's, uh, I think that's, that's something to pay attention to. Why is that? Uh, well, the, the, maybe the lack of development, the lack of transition to, to the, uh, NHL, uh, or the fact that, uh, draft picks, uh, have been moved to other teams, um, or have moved, uh, so, that's um, caught Kanyemi being the most recent example. So that's something that, um, you know, we were concerned about the fact that the Canadians aren't, aren't, aren't developing their own players um, and they're having to bring in free agents or making trades or those kinds of things. But this kind of sets it out uh, visually uh, that the Canadians are on the bottom. And, and I think that should concern us. And in a, in a, in a, I guess uh, an environment where, uh, as you said, a very, very low chance of them making the playoffs, that hopefully this can be addressed about developing their own uh, picks and, and, and make that number a little bit better uh, this year. And, and that's what we're going to talk about in our big talk topic segment in the second segment. And now let's listen to a couple of quotes that we collected from uh, during the week. And let's begin first with uh, Barry Trotch, very respected coach in the NHL. He was in town uh, on Thursday with the New York Islanders as they, they went on to beat the, the Canadians. And well, Barry Trotch, he has a long relationship with uh, Canadian's captain, Shea Weber. And we know with the Canadian struggles, leadership comes up over and over and over and over and over and over. So, so Brian Trotsch knows Shea Weber, and let's hear what uh, he had to say about Canadian's captain. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, Shea Weber um, is uh, one of the, the, the best captains that you'll have in the game. Uh, he came and brought it every night. He brought it with a physical element. Uh, you know, he's elevated his game. Uh, in in big moments, uh, I think if you talk to anybody who played with with Shea over the years, he had that natural swagger or confidence. Um, he wasn't a person who would who would speak a lot. Uh, he was his he he led by his actions, and you know he did some subtle things. Uh, I always I call it the stare, where if he wanted to get someone's attention or someone wasn't doing something. Uh, if they looked over at him, there, there could be a stare there that you would, you'd know, okay, I better get in, you know, start pulling my end of the deal here. Cause, uh, he had that, 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 uh, warrior type look that could burn a hole in, uh, through you. <laughs> That's, uh, wow. Um, I, sometimes we, that fans don't appreciate their own players until they hear how um, uh, respected and and Barry Trotz is one of the most respected coaches in the league. The way uh, you know others uh, respected hockey people talk about Canadians players and um, actually we, that was just a, a part of what um, Barry Trotz said. Uh, he went on to to say some of the other things that that he was very helpful to the coaches because, um, you know, if there was a, a player who was struggling, 
um, Shea Weber, and and this is these are things that uh, are not apparent that fans wouldn't see that Shea Weber would take that player out for lunch and say, um, listen, this is what the coaches when the coach says this, this is the message that they're trying to get to to you, um, and uh, in that way um, showed his leadership as well as. Um, uh, the his his leading on the ice uh, by his his actions by his play raising um, his, the level of his play in big games as we saw in the playoffs said uh, and that that was uh, echoed by uh, Barry Trotz uh, the fact that that uh, you know he he didn't have to say much he just had to look at you at the bench and give you that stare that uh, as Barry Trotz said bored a hole through you. Um, his, his physicality, uh, the fact that, um, we remember, uh, uh, Brendan Gallagher said that on every occasion, Shea Weber did the right thing. And it was funny because, uh, Barry Trotz, um, we didn't play that part of the clip, but Barry Trotz also said that, that, uh, he always did the right thing or said the right thing and talked about his community involvement and, and all of that. So, um, when you think about, when you see the, the position that the Canadians are in, keep that in mind, that um, leadership is is missing from this team. And I know there's a lot of people uh, out there, a lot of Canadians fans who are saying, all you have to do is slap the C on somebody, whether it's Brendan Gallagher or uh, Ben Sherrod or Nick Suzuki, and that'll fix everything. No, no, it doesn't. Um, Giving the C doesn't create leadership. You you are a leader, and then you earn the C. and And the Canadians are are really missing that with uh, Shea Weber being away from the team. And if we move on now to our uh, to the next quote that we that we picked up from this week, it came following Thursday night's loss against uh, the New York Islanders when uh, Stu Callen from the Montreal Gazette asked Dominique Ducharme, "How is he feeling?" No, it's frustrating for sure. But I won't come here and give a show. Like I won't be making the headlines with you know, or being on YouTube for 20 years. So what I have to say, I'll, I, you know, I, I'm telling my guys. You're not going to be <laughs> John Tortorella. He's not going to say anything that uh, that uh, makes it to YouTube and 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 stays there. That people keep replaying. Whatever he has to say is going to be. And we've seen from the bench. Um, Angry looks, yelling, screaming—you um, know, just intensity from Ducharme. Um, but by the time he comes to the podium to speak to the media, he's uh, toned that back a bit, and uh, and and there's a reason, and he told us why. And I, I, right away, I was trying to picture myself like, hey, what is he referring to? So twenty years ago, it was two thousand and one, and. You know what happened in 2001 was a Jim Mora uh, playoffs <laughs> uh, tirade. It was exactly on November 25th, 2001. So we're, we're approaching the 20-year mark for that. Could have been also like the, the famous one, the Michel Terrier in Pittsburgh when he joined them and even the, the famous Guy Carboneau one in, uh, in Detroit. So there's been quite some tirades that, you know, even if you look for the Jim Mora on YouTube, you're going to find it 20 years later. So I guess he was right about that. All right, and our final clip that we that we picked up from this week, well, it was Alexander Romanov. He met the media earlier this week, and while he was asked what he'd like to do on Saturday night after the game, well, 
let's see what he appreciates in Montreal. Everything's good, uh, so life's going good. Uh, I'm happy to be with team. I'm so happy to play in Montreal Canadiens. So beautiful city, like all good. I like I like nature. I like Montreal. Uh, this mountain, it's really good view. Everything's good. So uh, I, with my wife, I like to walking walking on this mountain. So um, also old port. Um, he was asked the question because he, you know, he was a healthy scratch and, uh, you know, are you frustrated? Are you, no, life is good. Uh, I'm playing for the Montreal Canadians in a great city. Uh, and he's taking full advantage of, uh, all and, and mentioned some of his favorite places, uh, to explore. Um, he's, he's an interesting character and, and, uh, uh, he he's working hard. Uh, he knows he has to improve. He wants to improve. He wants to learn. Um, and uh, but w- what a great! I, I just thought what a great attitude and what a great quote uh, to end our our quotes of the week with. Yeah, he seems like a fun guy, like a, a kind of guy you'd like to go take a beer with. Yeah, and uh, and hang out with, which is which is a uh, good. All right, we're going to take our first break here on the Canadian Connect because I think it's time for us to take a sip of beer. But uh, coming up next in our big topic segment, what's the plan with the prospects for the rest of this season? Stay with us. This is the Canadian Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. NFL fans hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to Canadian's Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Chris G, and you can find me on Twitter at ChrisHabs360. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. And you can follow him on Twitter at uh, AllHabs. And don't forget, you can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website, canadiansconnection.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player of your choice, your favorite podcast app. So whatever you're using to listen to today's episode, 
you know, hit the subscribe button and leave a comment, you know, leave your reviews as well. We like to hear your comments as well. All right, time now for our big topic segments. And well, with the Canadians with three wins in just 12 games, well, the Canadians have, let's, you know, well, let's be honest, Canadians have no chance of making the playoffs, which is weird to say after 12 games that, and essentially the Canadians for them, if they wanted to play, to make it to the playoffs, it's like they have to play playoff hockey from for the next 70 games, which is, well, impossible to do. But anyways, so how can the team you know, be realistic and use this season to maximize the development of their top prospects. As, you know, there's a lot of prospects in the pipeline and the Canadians, you know, can benefit with this time with to make these prospects, get them ready to become an important piece of the team going forward. And the way we're going to approach this is we're going to approach this as what we would do, not necessarily what the Canadians will do, and I guess one of the reasons we can't go with what the Canadians will do is because we have no idea what they'll do. Like through 12 games, when they've won three, when they've won three games out of 12 in a whole Canadians' current situation, uh, we we the 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 person holding the president of hockey uh, role we need to dictate what the next steps are because the GM is a free agent, the the, the coach. He's, you know, Ducharme is not an established coach in the NHL. He he he's it's in his second, not even his first full season. It's in his yeah, he's in his first full season. So he's gonna try to win games today because he needs it to make himself a name. GM wants to win games because well, he's looking for a new contract either with Canadians or with another organization. So the the president or I guess the owner in the Canadians situation, they need to have like a big picture view of it which is more than the end of this 82-game schedule. So we, we picked up uh, six key prospects from the Canadians. Like we're going to go through a list of all the prospects in the entire organization. We just picked six of them that we're going to discuss about in today's episode. And Rick, I'll let you start off. Let's begin with, uh, with Nick Suzuki and, uh, and talk about him. Nick Suzuki um, is is the most important prospect for for the Canadians, um, and uh, that's if you didn't know that before uh, he signed the eight year contract, you should know it now. Um, that contract, of course, doesn't start uh, isn't kicking this year, but um, he's going to be around for the Canadians uh, a long time, and. Uh, the Canadians are going to rely him on as their uh, top line center. Um, he Nick Suzuki got off to a a, a bit of a slow start, um, and uh, but has really picked it up in say the last seven games, I think, and and now is uh, the Canadians' leading scorer with uh, ten points in twelve games. Um, I think for for uh, Suzuki, it's all about um, you know uh, playing in in all different uh, situations and allowing him to feel comfortable. Um, you know, we know that um, Dom Ducharme has has uh, said to him that he doesn't want that that he's a very cerebral player that Suzuki is, but he doesn't want him thinking too much. He wants him to. Uh, be more reactive, and and I don't know if that message, um, 
uh, kind of got through. You almost need a Shea Weber to take him out for lunch and, and, and interpret what the coach has said. But instead, this week, it was uh, assistant coach Trevor Letowski that uh, sat with uh, 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 Nick Suzuki and, and they watched some video. And Nick Suzuki was, uh, he came out of that understanding uh, what he has been doing um, and doing wrong and I think what how he needs to, to engage himself. Um, and he said that Litowski uh, had pulled some examples, video examples, of Suzuki fading away from battles, fading away from the puck when he should be engaging and winning battles and, and competing hard. And, and Dom uh, Ducharme mentioned that, that um, um, you know, it kind of starts with the face-off. That's, if you want your players to battle, you want them to win face-offs. That's, that's the most, that's the, the most one-on-one battle there is. And, and so to watch that if Suzuki's winning face-offs, he's likely winning battles all over the ice. Um, so I think, uh, and, and, uh, Suzuki said he's been doing better on that of late and he's feeling better about his game. And, uh, uh, so I, 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 I want to see, uh, Suzuki, you know, uh, in that role, given all kinds of opportunities, given the, the, the best line mates and, uh, allow to, to grow into that, uh, uh that number one center, uh, and grow into that contract that he's been given. Yeah, and I think Suzuki, like since he joined the organization, even before when Claude Julien was the head coach of the team, I think that they've always given him like a lot of responsibilities. Not like the other Canadians prospects where we've seen him, you know, sometimes he gets shipped around back and forth, Laval here and there, fourth line sitting on the bench, uh, healthy scratch, etc. Suzuki has always gotten a lot of responsibilities from uh, from the Canadians, and and I hope that it continues as well, like. And also, like it might be like a little uh, detail. I also, but sorry, before I get into that, but I also agree like the face-offs are something that Nick Suzuki needs to, you know, continue working on because when you when you don't start with the puck and if you keep losing face-offs, you're chasing the puck all the time, and I don't think it's good for the player's confidence as well. And he needs help. Who's going to help him in the Canadian organization with the face-offs? Different story, maybe for a different show, but he needs to. He needs to get that percentage uh, higher. Small detail for for Nick Suzuki. Like uh, this year, he's been getting a lot. He's getting he's been getting regular PK time, which he wasn't getting in previous years. Like last year, he was getting PK time only if one of the four main penalty killers were um, were in the box or or injured. You know, have him focus on. Being number one center, you know the face-offs, the five-on-five play, power play, penalty kill. We know he could do a good job, so you know, like I, I wouldn't mind if he got a little bit less time on, on, uh, on that as well. Um, we're ready to move on, I think, mm-hmm. to the next player, Cole Caulfield. We spoke about him a bit uh, at the top in the first segment. He got sent down to uh, to Laval earlier this week, and when the news came out on Monday, like I, I'm torn, and, I'm, and to be honest, like I'm still torn about that decision as well. Whether I I feel it's the right one or if it's the it's it's the wrong one. Like Cole Caulfield, like he 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 struggled through like the first ten the ten games, and. 
the thinking now is it if he goes to to Laval, it, does he actually pick up confidence? Then okay, he comes back to Laval. That's fine. One thing that I keep remembering in the back of my head is the past history of the Canadians with players that they've sent down to Laval. Like, uh, you know, Jesperi uh, Kotkaniemi, Victor Mete, Kiel Fleury, uh, Noah Julson. Like, what do those four players have in common? Well, they're no longer in the organization. So that, that just keeps having, like, a, it's the back of my head. I keep thinking about that. Is this... Is this what's going to happen? And I don't think it should because Cole Caulfield is a good prospect and I want him to stay with the organization as well. And Ducharme compared compared the Cole Caulfield and he threw out the names of David Pasternak and Brad Marchand that they went through a similar process in their careers. And Jean-François Oulin Laval compared the situation with uh, Jesse Puyarvi that he had when he was with the Oilers organization where he said that uh, Puyarvi went back and forth between the AHL and the Oilers for three seasons, went back to Europe for two years, and now look at him, he's a full-time NHL player. So so that little bit made me feel better for for Cole Caulfield going to Laval, but I'm still torn whether or not this was the right decision for him. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, it, it It's valuable to go to the AHL, particularly for those players who... Um, you know, they're trying hard. It's just uh, they're squeezing the stick and the confidence isn't there. I don't I don't think that was the situation for Caulfield. As we said uh, la- last segment, confidence has never been an issue for uh, Caulfield. Um, I think that uh, that work ethic is, has been a problem to start the season. Um, you know, he had his, he opened the season and everybody had him as the odds-on favorite to win the Calder. And I think he was kind of uh, thinking this was going to be easy. And and uh, Dom Ducharme sat him down and said that, you know, he wasn't moving his feet and, and uh, he wasn't working hard enough. Um, and he seemed to improve. He seemed to be engaging more. Um, you know, I, I, I noticed there was a graphic, I think it was uh, by TSN, uh, that just when Caulfield was uh, sent down, uh, the top 10 uh, players... Uh, uh, for zone entries that led to scoring chances. The Canadians not scoring many goals, and one of the issues is not gaining the zone cleanly. Uh, Caulfield was in the top 10 in the NHL uh, in that category when he was sent down with players like Connor McDavid and Johnny Gaudreau and Matt Barzell and Braden Point. And so um, you know, there were some things that he was doing right. Um, and and helping the Canadians uh, in things that didn't necessarily uh, appear on the stat sheet, um, I, and and I I you know I I I mentioned earlier about him being a target. Well, in the the AHL, sadly, uh, for highly skilled players, uh, that that becomes an issue, and we don't want to see him. Um, you know, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi had a serious injury, a spleen injury, uh, when he was targeted and there's, there's other Nikita Sherback was one, um, that, that skilled players sometimes, uh, become targets, uh, to be taught a lesson by, by AHL vets. And we certainly don't want to see anything 
like that. Um, hopefully this is just going to be a short stay. Hopefully he's going to be back. And and listen, if this crops up again, I, I think I'd prefer to see his ice time adjusted, you know, even be a healthy scratch from time to time if he needs a, a kick in the pants. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really unsure if this is the right remedy for what was ailing Cole Caulfield. And and we we spoke about in the first segment about leadership because it always comes up. And even Cole Caulfield mentioned when he met me in Laval that Corey Perry reached out to him um, when he heard the news about uh, Cole Caulfield going to to Laval. So I think that's still was a nice gesture done by the the former the former Hab with uh, Cole Caulfield. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on now. And Rick, I'll let you get started the discussion on the next forward that we're going to look at on our list. Well, the last forward we're going to look at on our list, which is Ryan Paling. Ryan Paling, um, you know, we've we've been through this before. He's he's been through kind of uh, bad luck situations. <laughs> he's uh, he was the last cut uh, uh, this time around when it came to uh, the the final uh, opening night roster. Uh, and uh, started the season well in Laval, um, had an unfortunate injury, has come back now and, and has, has looked very good. Um, he has five points in, in the four games that he's played for uh, Laval. Um, you know, th- there's a situation where, uh, you know, doing well and dominating in the AHL might be good for his confidence. Um, but seeing it must be tough for him to know that, you know, he is... Uh, he hopes to be one of the the players who secures a spot uh, with the Canadians, and to see players uh, leapfrog uh, him for call-ups like uh, Pazetta and uh, and Belzeal, and and uh, that must be tough. But but hopefully, that was just because of uh, him coming back off of injury, and he needed time to acclimatize uh, again after uh, for a game mm-hmm. or two. And and hopefully, I'd like to see him be the the next call-up, and I'd really like to see him. Um, you know, Cedric Paquette is not the future of, of the Montreal Canadiens. Matthew Perot, who I, who I like and, and, and now unfortunately is out with a, an eye injury is, is not the future. Ryan Paling can be, and, uh, I'd like to see him brought up and, and used, uh, as, as much as possible. And for all of his, his learning to take place in this, this difficult season at the NHL level. Uh, the only thing, like, like uh, just to add to that, is I'm wondering if there's if there's a plan, like for the Canadians with Ryan Paling, that was like a plan that was determined before the start of the season. But it's kind of a rhetorical question, right? Because they haven't really told us of a, of what a plan would be for him. Because first thing that stood out to me during the off season, when when Ryan Paling signed his 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 uh, his contract, was that this year it's a two way contract, and then next year's becomes a one way. So like the when I saw that uh, when it happened during the off season, like I thought to myself, is this like a like a plan where they've kind of set out that you know th- this year we want Paling in in Laval, make him spend a lot of time, and then make the jump to the NHL? If like was this already determined from you know from from back then, even before the season uh, before the season started? Because, like you said, last year Paling had a, a good year, a good year with Laval. This year, so far, he's he's over a point a game as well. So he's looked good in the Laval Rocket uniform. 
So it might be good for him, like in terms of his confidence. Like I, like I vividly remember it was last week, and I don't remember if it was the Friday or the Saturday game against Rochester, but it was a goal that he scored when uh, Xavier Ouellette gave him like a cross-ice pass and then Palin made a nice move on the goalie to put the puck in and just the reaction that Ryan Paling had like he was yeah. like he, he was so happy like he looked like a he looked like a star player like <laughs> the, that celebration when he did that and I'm like okay is this what he needs is this like the kind of feelings that he needs to go through or like it, will he be able to live the same kind of emotions playing on a Canadian team where they're winning three times every 12 games? And I don't know what the answer to that is, but I'm thinking it, there's probably pros and cons to 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 both those uh, both those options. But even if you look at it at the start of the season, like you know, at to start the year, Alex Brazil got like that that number 13th forward spot. At that time, I'd rather it that Belzil is the number 13th forward and Paling was the number 13th forward, like that, because he wouldn't be playing. But it's quite um, quite interesting there with uh, what's going to happen with uh, the Canadians and this year. Uh, let's move on to uh, defense. The first defenseman on our list is Alexander uh, Romanov. So we spoke about it earlier, like he was a healthy scratch on Tuesday against the Red Wings. And the coach Ducharme said that he wanted him to take a look at the game from on top. And Romanov said that he saw things from on top, that the coach spoke to him before. They showed him some uh, some video of things that they want him to do, of things that they want him to um to work on, and one thing that that the coach has mentioned uh, several times since the start of the season is that he wants the defenseman to use his energy at the right times, at the right moments. So that essentially means you know not go for the head at the wrong time, making sure that he he reacts the way that he's supposed to. The expression that Ducharme uses is, if I put a ten of spades on the table, like I want to expect ten of spades, not not to go a little bit unexpected and. For, and uh, there's been a lot of talk also, like people were saying, actually, Romanov be, gets sent to Laval as well. And for Romanov, like, I'm not on board on that. I think it's a different situation when a player has had a regular spot in the NHL. Like, he, he was with the team last year. He played, was it 55 or all 56 games last year, but he had plenty of ice time last year. I think Romanov bringing him down to Laval won't be beneficial for him. So I think he gets to need to, to get... Uh, ice time with the Canadians and learn from from the mistakes but this also I think when the when there's no plan communicated by the organization so by Jeff Molson because you know he has no GM he has no coach there's a bit of conflict of interest but I think in terms of development for Romanov for his best would be play make learn make those mistakes and learn from them yeah, that's just it. Make the mistakes and learn from him. And and we know we it's it's kind of been a familiar uh, refrain that when players leave the organization, they always say how refreshing it is to be with their new team. Uh, how they're allowed to to make mistakes um, and learn from them. And um, game uh, the, hockey is a game of of mistake. We heard Kate and Gooley of all people say that many times that uh, hockey is a game of mistakes and it's how you react, how you, uh, after your mistake, how you, you make the next play. It's how you learn from that mistake and not make it again. 
And um, Dom Ducharme, as you said, a young coach, uh, needs to prove himself, needs to win. Um, he's almost treating this season as if it is every game is a must win. This is uh, the playoffs. And I understand I understand you don't want um, uh, a situation where players are making mistakes in the playoffs because that could it could mean your exit from the playoffs. But this we have to, as you said, we need someone to uh, be looking at the bigger picture. Um, and, and Dom Descharmes said he didn't like surprises. That's why, that's what explained this, the, uh, Romanov being scratched. Um, I think he has to be more accepting of mistakes. Um, and, and it's, you know, it, it's not all, all Ducharme, this organization, whether it was Terrian or Julian or, or Ducharme, they've all had little patience for mistakes. Uh, one mistake and you're, and you're done. Um, but uh, I, yes, the occasional time you sit up top and and um, and and you see the play, but but you learn more by being in that situation. And for Romanov, it or Romanov, it's been uh, he's trying to do too much. He's found himself out of position or or not knowing where to be. Um, and um, you know he he knows uh, when it's explained to him. He wants to get better. Uh, you know, he, at the end of the Anaheim game, he said that, that he lost, um, uh, he lost the gap. He needs to be a tighter gap. He needs to reduce the, the gap. Um, he said, these things are important to me, making sure that I have the proper gap, making sure that, um, I, I exit the zone, uh, cleanly. Um, he want, he's very in, uh, committed to, to learning and and um, whereas I th- I think that the being a healthy scratch is used more as a as a punishment um, and uh, and and I, that's not going to help a player uh, develop. So I I want to see Romanov and, and I guess the other part of it the other part of it is um, Jeff Petrie's been no oil painting this year. David Savard um, says he's you know still learning the system and is a minus five or. He hasn't been great either. Uh, this isn't the defense core doesn't hinge on the fact that uh, Alex Ro- uh, Alexander Romanov is making mistakes. So leave him in as much as possible. Uh, let him work through these mistakes and and sit and work with him um, um, to to minimize those mistakes. But let let him um, don't don't undermine his confidence by having him worry that he's going to have to be a healthy scratch. Yeah, and so far, like this season, like we know, like in last year, Romanov in the playoffs, he he, he sat out a, a good portion of them. Well, all of them, I should say. But this year, to start of the season, you know, he's played eleven out of twelve games, which is a good ratio. But I also wonder how much of that is the fact because of the lack of other options to put yeah. on defense than uh, than anything else. So. So speaking of options, we're going to look at one more defenseman on our list, uh, Matthias Norlander, who is in a conditioning stint with Laval. So Rick, why don't you get us started with that conversation? Well, we said that uh, he's going to start with a, a conditioning stint in Laval. And um, uh, listen, if he, you know, if he surprises um, and, and then uh, plays a game or two with the Canadians and, and surprises again, uh, then fine, but um, I'd I'd really like as we said. There's two options with the Canadians, 
or uh, back to, to, to his club, uh, his uh, team for Lunda. Um, I, I, th- I think my, my leaning here is that uh, he can best learn with Forlunda um, and uh, he will have more opportunity to do that. He'll he's playing against men. He'll play more minutes. Um, and he knows, I, I think he has a better idea now. It's been a quite eye-opening for him about how the adjustments that he has to make. And I think he can do that in a, in a, in a, in a better, more sheltered environment, uh, with Ferlunda. And Rick, you must be right because I agree with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think that for Norlander, I think we got like, um, we still got a good sample size from Norlander, I think from like the rookie camp. Uh, as well of his of his play and let's uh, like you said he has still a lot to to learn so let him go back we don't we we've seen too many uh, horror stories with the Canadians and especially the fact that they can't keep him close to in Laval so I think for now it's better for him to go at least spend one more year with his uh, with his club back in uh, back in Europe all right, the last prospect that we're going to look at is uh, between the pipes, Caden uh, Primo, currently with the with the Laval Rocket. And if the Canadians, I think right now we're closer to a to a playoff position, as, and the way with uh, Samuel Montembo has played as a backup goalie, well, I think he actually played good when he came in relief, but it was garbage time, like they say. But like the rest of Simon Montebo's play has been, uh, you know, like uh, he hasn't been too spectacular. I think the Canadians would have been tempted to bring up Kane and Primo to act as a backup to Jake Allen until uh, until Carey Price returns. But now with the Canadians virtually being eliminated from the playoff spots, I think it should just stay status quo. Keep Kane and Primo in in Laval, let him play. Like the organization has made it clear that he's. He's our number one prospect between in 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 goal. So then Laval normally plays three games a week. You put Primo to play two out of those three games. Let him play. Let him get plenty of uh, ice time and take his time before being ready to get a regular spot in the NHL, which shouldn't well shouldn't mean in the sense that I wouldn't make it uh, this year. I, and I think um, stay in in Laval and earn the spot. I think everybody has been talking about Caden Primo as as the anointed, uh, you know, next uh, heir to to Carey Price. And um, I he's he's we, we know he's a different sort of uh, personality, and 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 we know he's very confident and. Um, I think I think he needs to earn it and and stay there and battle with Michael McNiven and and let's be honest Michael McNiven this season uh, has looked better than Caden Primo certainly in the preseason and and even in some games this year not that Caden Primo's been bad I, uh, but um, I I I think he needs to to battle and and then uh, the other part of that is what Stefan Waite uh, again former goaltending Canadians goaltending coach Stefan Waite said that. A uh, minimum, uh, he wants his goaltenders a minimum of 100 games in the AHL, preferably 150 games. Uh, and Caden Primo is only at 55, I believe, uh, at the moment. So he needs to to uh, learn his craft, and it takes goaltenders uh, a little bit longer 
in the the AHL needs to learn some humility. Learns to need, needs to learn to battle uh, for his uh, for his ice time. And um, and listen, if 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 um, you know Jake Allen has, we all love Jake Allen. We love the 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 personality that is Jake Allen. But he's he's had his struggles, and and uh, as as you said, Sam Sam Montembeau has has had a tough time. We know we've heard the uh, that there have been discussions uh, with. Um, uh, uh, Columbus that Bergevin has had discussions with Columbus about goaltender Eunice Corpusalo, 27 year old. Um, we don't know the situation with Carey Price, how long it's going to be before he's back. If he can come back fully, um, if, if uh, there needs to be another addition. Um, I think that, that all of those should be options, but I don't think that uh, Caden Primo being, being brought up to be the backup. Um, if if we want the best for Caden Primo, uh, I think uh, he needs to be left in the AHL. And I think the the Canadians, I think they agree with the with the plan of giving the ice time to Caden Primo. And I think they did that like with the acquisition of Samuel Montembeau off the waivers. Clearly, I find that's the message they were sending was that you know we we don't want Primo to be like the backup goalie in the NHL. Like we want him to play in the AHL, so they went and they picked up uh, someone else to play that uh, that role. So in, when it comes to Primo's development, that's that's definitely good news for for him. All right, time to take our final break here in the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, well. Uh, we'll tell you uh, what to expect this upcoming week. So stay with us. You listen to Canadian Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. 
All right, welcome back to episode 162 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. So it was a big week here, big announcement, and, well, well, we'll, we'll let the cat out of the bag. On Friday, Rick celebrated birthday number 21, so happy birthday, Rick. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's that's very kind. Um, I appreciated all the, the birthday wishes from uh, our Rocket Sports crew. Uh, yourself and and uh, and everyone, and that was uh, that was that was really kind. And and you also got a special uh, voice message as well. Hi, Rick. It's a Temo Serna here. Hope all is well and greetings from California. Happy birthday, dear Rick. Happy birthday to you. Rick, happy birthday. Hopefully you can spend that with your loved ones and you're going to have a party like Canadians do. You guys, I know you guys party like a rock stars and uh, I think only Finnish people party more than you guys, but you guys are really good second place, you know. <laughs> the, the, the great uh, Hall of Fame uh, winger, Timo Solani, and, and uh Listen, I was um, a, a big fan, uh, uh, Tamo Solani, um, and uh, happened to be in, in Winnipeg uh, and uh, had season tickets to the Jets. Uh, w- went during his, his uh, record season, his rookie season, um, most dynamic player um, I've ever seen. And my, my, my wish was always that I wanted to see Saku Koivu and Tamo Solani uh, together, my hope was that, that that they would do that with the Montreal Canadiens. They got to play, of course, when Tamo, uh, when Saku and and Tamo went uh, to Anaheim. But uh, um, that was uh, that that was pretty uh, that was pretty special. And and who knew he could sing? Yeah, yeah, he had a great voice, great singing voice there. On him, so uh, so he also mentioned about the partying, uh, like the way that we do in Montreal. So I'm sure Rick will, will find you and with Romanov, you know, in Old Port, Griffintown, yeah. around those areas, <laughs> partying it up for your birthday this weekend. So, so happy birthday once again. Thanks very much. All right. Let's talk about, uh, you know, things coming up here on allhabs.net. And, well, every Monday, Habs Notepad with uh, myself will be, uh, will be published with a, uh, a recap of everything that happened over the weekend because we know the weekend is a busy time. So I'll go out there and I'll find all the news and stories from uh, from the weekend that you could read early Monday morning. And then the rest of the week, you know, you'll, you'll get the game recaps that will be posted right after the game and available for you to be to read uh, early in the morning with your with your coffee and get another perspective on what happened on the Canadians uh, matches also this week we we had we also had uh, Rick a video from uh, from Ben Ben puts out weekly uh, videos from a fan perspective. Ben's a, a big fan. Ben, thank you. And um, he is, uh, yeah, he talked about uh, a point to rally around, and that was the uh, the victory over Detroit. And uh, Ben is looking, as we all are, uh, for the Canadians to win uh, two in a row. So uh, uh, informative, entertaining video. 
uh, youtube.com slash allhabs and, and check out the, the content that he's, uh, he's posted for the last few weeks as well. And, and also on allhabs.net, a new column by, uh, by our contributor Mike Rachel we posted on Sundays, Canadians Profiles. First one was published uh, last weekend on Sunday on uh, Nick Suzuki, who was a topic of uh, conversation earlier in uh, today's, uh, today's episode. And upcoming, uh, normally his Habs profiles are going to come out every two weeks. Uh, he's made an exception this week with all of the the uh, excitement around Michael Pozzetta. Uh Mike Rashall all, all has been following. He he follows junior hockey and particularly the Sudbury Wolves, and so he has a uh, a long history with Michael Pozzetta. And so there will be a new uh, Habs uh, profile, new Habs bio on Sunday. Uh, published at allhabs.net from Mike on Michael Pozzetta. And I think besides the Pozzetta family, I think Mike was the most excited at, <laughs> yeah, of, the, right. of the call-up. <laughs> and as you mentioned uh, earlier on the Tuesday, the, the press zone with, uh, with Rick and Amy as well will be, will be published. Uh, so the Canadian Connection podcast... We're informative, we're interactive, and, well, Rick, we received uh, an email from one of our listeners this week. From one of our loyal uh, listeners and subscribers to the podcast, it's uh, Dino, he says, Slubien, uh, some thoughts, questions to pass along. Where is Jeff Molson? Why is he stalling? Um, he needs to, to uh, make a, a decision here, and who are the choices? Uh, for him and uh, uh, and Molly, uh, who uh, also writes in, um, that uh, first choice would be Julien Brisebois. Uh, uh, unfortunately, unavailable for good reasons. He's one of the best young minds around, says Dino. Uh, choice two, uh, St. Patrick. Um, and we know that uh, Patrick Waugh was uh, ejected last night for from uh, not no surprise there. Uh, from the Ramparts game. Um, is Molson considering him? Uh, does he wish to be head of hockey operations? That's to be determined, says Dino. Uh, how about uh, caretakers to take over for the current uh, season? Trusted uh, Montreal hockey minds to get us through this hardship. Robinson, Ganey, Lemaire, um, to, to mention a few. Um, choice four, how about Rick Stevens, Amy Johnson, Chris G, Sam Gerber, who does our game previews and associates. Jeff Molson reaches out to the Rocket Sports team on an interim basis and asks Rocket Sports to revisit the foundation which made us the pinnacle of hockey excellent. Hockey first, hockey first, hockey first. Make decisions that are hockey decisions. Uh, draft well, coach well, manage well. That's the, that's the plan of attack there. And language requirements, well, only language requ- one language requirement is necessary, according to Dino, and that's the language of hockey coherence, hockey IQ, um, and, and time to return to our man- mantra uh, that uh, brought success in the past. Uh, a wonderful email from Dino. They always are, uh, and we're glad to share it with you today. Yeah, for sure. Always nice to hear from, uh, from Dino. And, you know, it's plenty of ways for us to be reached. Like there's the, the Rocket Sports uh, text line, the 585 Free Rockets, you know, the, the Twitter account at ha- All Habs or at Tabs Connection, or even by email at uh, info at allhabs.net. 
All right, Rick, it's November, and, well, it's uh, it's time for the annual fundraising activity that uh, Rocket Sports Media uh, joins in. We're in full support of Movember, full support of Movember, and uh, the team is activated, Rocket Sports team. We have seven members uh, on our Rocket Sports uh, uh, Movember page. Um, and, uh, there you, uh, you can, you can help us either by, uh, donating and, uh, the donations don't come to us. Don't come to the rocket sports team. We pass them on to the Movember foundation, uh, who fund projects, uh, both for physical and mental health for the, uh, men that we love. And, uh, and so you can help us by helping us, uh, raise money or, uh, you can, uh, put up your own, uh, page and join our team and uh, and raise money uh, as well, and 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 there's a number of ways to do that by growing a mustache, uh, sh- you know, showing that that you're doing something different for the month, or being involved in the move challenge. And uh, so our team, um, it has a a team activity tab on our on our page. Uh, it's um, uh, where, uh, the, the kilometers that, that, uh, uh, the team is, is, uh, accumulating, uh, in the move challenge are posted. And right now we have, uh, oh, look at that three hours ago, uh, Ben Dankew, the four, aforementioned Ben Dankew was out cycling. So he's added to the total and the rocket sports team is up to 135 kilometers, uh, in the last week. And the, the total uh, for the fundraising is at $180. So that's that's pretty good as well uh, for um, the Movember Foundation. So if you want to help us, it's moteam.co uh, slash allhabs. Uh, moteam.co slash allhabs. And that's a, that's a great cause going on at least well, going on for, for the month of November. All right, let's take a look now at the Canadians' upcoming schedule. Like mentioned earlier, uh, tonight, Canadians facing the uh, Vegas Golden Knights at the Bell Centre, winnable game. I think for the Canadians, will they actually do that? Who knows? And then on a Tuesday, the LA Kings are in town. Phil Dano will be back in Montreal for the first time since uh, joining the LA Kings. The Kings, I think, are another beatable team. So who knows? Canadians might win their uh, their next two games and then then on Wednesday that's right Wednesday will be the next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast coming to you early this week and give you a special edition of uh, the Wednesday edition of the Canadians Connection Uh, so uh, so you don't miss an episode make sure you're subscribed and all the new episodes will come right to you Yes, so so looking forward for for that episode that's coming just in a couple of days, which is great. And we know with Canadians, from Saturday to Wednesday, there'll be plenty of plenty of news. It's always busy when it comes related to uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. Rick, it was a pleasure being here with you. Great to have you back. Uh, great that we agreed to, we agreed a lot this week. It was because it was your birthday. I felt <laughs> oh, I felt thank, being nice. Thank you. This thank week. you. That's kind. <laughs> Yeah, so, so don't forget, after the game, you'll find Rick with uh, Romanov downtown, Griffintown. They'll be partying it up uh, around <laughs> the streets in uh, in Montreal. But until then, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, enjoy the Tuesday night's game. Don't forget to uh, 
visit allhabs.net uh, or visit our social media accounts to, to stay up to date with the latest Montreal Canadiens news. I'm Chris G. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk again soon on the Canadiens Connection podcast. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.